everyone. I'm Jensine Bard, and welcome to Testimony, where truth is told, lives are changed, and hope is given. Revelation 12:11 tells us that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, a testimony of your story for His glory. It's a story 80 plus years in the making. And on July 16, 2021, 89 will be the number of years my next guest has lived to tell his long-awaited, personal, and historic number one Amazon best-selling Six Popes, A Son of the Church Remembers. The story of an Italian immigrant's quest to find his calling. And when he did, vigorously, boldly, and with childlike faith pursue it with every passion and purpose to whom he was called. From the Bronx, New York, to the nations of the world, meeting presidents and popes, celebrity, dignitary, heads of state, and more. Ladies and gentlemen, would you welcome to testimony in a rare, exclusive advisor at the permanent mission of the Holy See to the United Nations, a joy and high honor indeed, Monsignor Hillary C. Franco. Monsignor Franco, welcome to Testimony. Thank you so much for being uh, with you, and uh, I, I, I thank you the Lord, and uh, you know to be uh, invited to be on your wonderful show. Well, it's an honor to have you here, sir. I'd like to open up with what Timothy Cardinal Dolan had to say about your book. He is the Archdiocese of New York, and I quote, Monsignor Franco is known as an engaging storyteller of his impactful time in the church, end quote. That said, Monsignor Franco, would you just begin to share with our listeners how you came to faith in Jesus Christ, your entrance and calling into the priesthood, and what happened next as a result. Monsignor Hillary C. Franco, please tell us your story. I will be happy to do so. Well, uh, uh, Cardinal Dolan uh, knows me rather well. Uh, he's my my Cardinal Archbishop, naturally, the Archbishop of New York. I uh, belong to the Archdiocese of New York, but I, uh, I had my call when I was 18 years old, and uh, I certainly... I had no idea that the Lord would call me. I uh, I was one of those uh, kind of uh, how can you call them like you know uh, wishy washy uh, uh, Christians. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I would go to uh, some ants. You know, not, but then uh, after the call, I I was so taken by uh, whatever our Lord had called me to do that I concentrated on it. So I was rather very young when I was ordained a priest at the age of 22. Uh, that was a, a rather young age because according to the law of the church at that time, you were supposed to be 24. And uh, my superiors decided that I was ready to be ordained. And I said I could wait, you know, but they said, no, you're ready. And that was it. In those days, whatever our superiors said, we did, uh, out of obedience. So that's uh, part of, uh, of our call. And uh, I, uh, 
in all honesty, I have to tell you that in, in all these three, 66 years of priesthood, uh, my uh, anniversary was on the 9th uh, of, uh, of uh, April, uh, April 9th, 66. Well, I have to say that I never regretted, I'm not saying one day, but one hour of the fact that I have responded to the call of our Lord Jesus Christ when he called. So I have been busy as ever, you know. Uh, at the beginning, uh, uh, my goal was, uh, you know, to be with the people of God, uh, to be in a parish and, and, and serve the people of God. And, but then I, I, I guess, uh, again, out of obedience, uh, I was called uh, after my parish life, but I always uh, returned to parish life. Even when I was uh, an assistant to an, an extraordinary man by the name of uh, Bishop Fulton J. Sheen, I don't know if you remember, you know, he had a, he was yes. a television star. You know, uh, we had a small audience at that time of uh, almost 40 million people. I hope uh, your audience is, is as big as that, and I hope. Am I right? It's global. It goes <laughs> yeah. everywhere. Beautiful. So uh, we have uh, incredible things at that time. We had uh, uh, 10,000 letters almost every week, uh, and, and I... I had not, certainly not planned to be with such a celebrity, but the good Lord had uh, called me to do that also. And uh, and after that, I I was called to in the diplomatic corps of uh, the Vatican. You, you know, by the way, when I would like to clarify one thing: when we say the Holy See mission to the United Nations, uh, the Holy See means uh, the Vatican. S-E-E, not the S-E-A. <laughs> uh, some, some people, you know, uh, like Holy Sea, and they, they think of the ocean, you know, but it's not the ocean. Uh, the Holy Sea is the title of the Vatican as a country. In other words, we are uh, the United Nations, not as a religion, but as a country. We are 193 delegations from all over the world. We are one of those delegations. I wanted to clarify this. You know, it's very important. We uh, extend the, uh, the most important values, naturally, in our interventions and human rights to begin with. Uh, naturally, uh, our persecuted Christians across the globe and uh, women. You know, uh, two-thirds of the world right now, they are uh, uh, considered to be almost, if you allow me to say that, that's a horrible thing, but uh, like trash in two-thirds of the world, and we have been intervening continuously to defend uh, women uh, and the rights of women. Also, uh, we're defending uh, children in conflict areas. Right now, uh, people do not know, unfortunately. We Probably they do know, and they wish uh, uh, not to know, raging uh, across the globe. Uh, young people, very young, nine, ten years old, uh, these children, are uh, recruited, you know, by which side it doesn't matter. Uh, and they, uh, they're given a, uh, a, a machine gun. <laughs> and when they have a machine gun in their hands, they figured, well, they're playing with one of their devices. As you do know, we have these kind of uh, horrible, you know, they're being taught, you know, how to maneuver, how to kill, how to do it, you know, but 
but it's not a, on a computer. It's, uh, it's real. So they're the ones uh, exactly. uh, to be killed first because they're so so young, nine and ten. It's one of the many things. Uh, so defending human rights, de- defending all the values, the moral values that right now they are being trampled underfoot. And, and we are trying our best uh, as representing the Vatican as a state, but also Christian values across the globe. I wanted to clarify that. Wonderful. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, again, you're listening to Monsignor Hilary C. Franco, advisor at the Permanent Mission of the Holy See, S-E-E, the Vatican. Monsignor, you have much to your story in your number one Amazon best-selling hit now, Six Popes, A Son of the Church Remembers. Talk about one of the popes that has impressed you the most <laughs> and why. Yes. Well, you know, I would be remiss if I would not say that all of them that I dealt with, they were uh, tremendous leaders, you know, and they were, I would dare to say they were friends, great, great friends. Beginning with uh, John the 23rd, as you do know, John the 23rd convened uh, a very important event in the history, not of the church, I would dare to say, in the history of the world, namely the Second Vatican Council, which opened on the 11th of October, 1962, and uh, went on until the 8th of December, 1965. Convening a council at that time to update whatever had to be done in the church at that time was a very, uh, very, uh, I would say, courageous uh, move uh, on on the part of John the 23rd. I knew... uh, uh, Pope John, when he was only Angelo Giuseppe Roncalli, as I say in my book. So, uh, uh, <laughs> and, and the beautiful stories that I relate, you know, are in that book simply because I heard them from his own mouth, so to speak. And uh, just to mention, uh, there's a great veneration that I have for John the 23rd. Then I dealt and worked uh, for and with. Uh, a great pontiff called uh, Paul VI. Now, again, here you have a, a very courageous man because, you know, continuing the council, John Twenty-Third died on the 3rd of June, uh, 1963. Uh, the new, newly elected on the 21st of June uh, of that year was Paul VI. Uh, and he could have said, uh, well, okay, we, we started the council and and now we are going to close it. No, he continued the council. And until, as I said, the 8th of December, 1965. And especially I would like uh, uh, your audience, if they have time. I know that there are so many other things to, to read uh, and watch nowadays. We are so distracted by so many, so many, uh, well, incentives, so to speak. But I would like them to, to read a fairly beautiful document called The Presence of the Church in the Modern World, G-A-U-D-I-U-M, and the next word is S-E-T, and the last word is S-P-E-S. S-P-E-S. So there you have the answer to most of the problems of the modern world, so to speak. If we would have listened to what we, uh, I mean, what had been decided then. So Paul VI 
uh, continued and finished the council. Then uh, go on with my 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 friend. Tell you why because uh, John Paul II uh, was my friend since the beginning of the council. Yes, we were young, both of us. You know, I was a an expert during that council. You know, for the American bishops, especially Bishop Fulton J. Sheen, and then uh, all of a sudden. This young uh, auxiliary bishop of Krakow came in, into the council, and being young, we, uh, we we struck some kind of a friendship that continued all through the years. Uh, when he was uh, archbishop, and then cardinal of Krakow, then uh, as a cardinal used to come uh, to many of our meetings in the Vatican. At that time, it was very difficult for a prelate to beyond the, what we used to call the Iron Curtain to come to Rome for meetings. So uh, when he arrived in Rome, I would take care of him, you know, be continue to be uh, his friend. And then one day on, on the 16th, to be exact, on the 16th of October, uh, 1978, I am in my car uh, driving, you know, from my office to my residence, in, in Rome, I'm talking about, and and then I hear on radio. Oh, by the way, I forgot to tell you people that then I I was called to Rome, and I spent the 26 years working in the Vatican. So wow. at that time, I was working, as I said, with uh, the previous pope, now the new pope. Well, I <laughs> I did not know he was going to be uh, our new pope until. Uh, the radio announcer said uh, in, in my car, you know, we have a, a fumata bianca, namely a white smoke, So, which means that uh, <laughs> the Pope had been elected. So I turned around, and I can still see me running, you know, actually back to the square of St. Peter's. And there I am, you know, just uh, looking at uh, another friend of mine, Cardinal Felici, announcing the new Pope, a famous Papa, we have a new Pope. And, uh, and he's saying this in Latin, and and, and uh, the first name is is pronounced first, Carolum. I said to myself, it can't be because up until that time, the popes were all Italian for five hundred years, and I said the only uh, man who, who is Carolum Charles is uh, a man who is eighty-five years old, Cardinal Confalonieri. I said it can't be. But then immediately the last name was pronounced, and that was really the shock of my life, because my friend, Carl Wojtyła, had been named John Paul II. He had chosen the name John Paul II to be a pope. So, as you can see, you know, even Benedict, I had known Benedict all through the years while he was uh, uh, Josef Ratzinger. He was also present at the council, not as an expert. Well, he was a theologian more than anything else, so I had known him then. And then, finally, Pope Francis, whom I knew since 2002, when he was Cardinal Archbishop of Buenos Aires. As you can see, uh, I'm so close to all of them, and I can't tell you one, one, (laughs) one that would be uh, very, uh, uh, like, uh, limited scope, let me put it that way. I understand, I understand. Ladies and gentlemen, again, you're listening to Monsignor Hilary C. Franco, advisor at the Permanent Mission of the Holy See, his latest number one Amazon best-selling, Six Popes, A Son of the Church Remembers. 
Monsignor, in this volatile culture council, biblically absent yes. in our educational systems in corporate America, in culture in general, world, what are yes. your thoughts personally and also the church, the Catholic Church, in uniting all faiths for the cause of Christ? That is correct. Well, uh, we, uh, 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 biblically, I, I, I have to tell you that I'm a biblical scholar. I'm a, an active member of the uh, Catholic Biblical Association of America. Why? Because uh, we always cherished, in my time, uh, uh, the uh, study of the Bible to the point that I actually uh, wrote my first doctor dissertation in biblical theology. I wrote on the first three chapters of Genesis, you know, uh, proving that uh, from the Hebrew text that we have, uh, uh, the good Lord has provided uh, a preternatural place for our first parents to be here in the garden. We call it the garden, all right? You know, but uh, from the Hebrew text, is very clear, you know, that it was just uh, for that occasion, preternatural place just for that. There is no place here on earth that we could call, you know, up until the uh, publication of my, uh, my those days, long time ago, because I defended my first doctor dissertation when I was 23, a year after my ordination, 23 and a half, let's say. And then I, uh, after that, up until that time, scholars all over the world were trying to find out, you know, where, you know, geographically <laughs> had been the place, uh, the, uh, uh, the Garden of Eden. So that's one thing, you know. And, you know, when we talk about unity, well, you know, sometimes, you know, we have to go back those words that our Lord has said, you know. And here I am, I would like to have one shepherd for the whole world, you know. And that's eventually, as you and I know, you know, at the end of the world, the world happens. The book of uh, the Apocalypse or the book of Revelation. St. John tells us very clearly, but eventually, you know, this will happen. But, you know, it's important that we are united, especially today, in this kind of a confused uh, secularism that we have uh, in the world today. If we are not united, we are going to miss an opportunity. We missed it so many times in these 2,000 years of Christianity. And now, now it seems that this is the time to let the world know that united, we can really make a difference in the world of the 21st century. Amen and amen, ladies and gentlemen, Monsignor Hillary C. Franco. Um, Monsignor, President Trump did a lot to unify the nations around the world, my view, with the Abraham Accords, releasing persecuted Christians from the prisons, uh, pro-life, uh, the list goes on. A biblical world view and a lover of Israel. Can you speak to our listeners the impact of his tenure as 45th president and what the current president needs to do in this regard? Well, I, uh, I, I would rather not, you know, get into politics. You know, uh, that was one thing that I do not wish to do. Uh, we have, uh, I, I, I have uh, been, uh, uh, for my age, I, 
I voted. You you were not born yet, you know, but I, I voted for the first time for the second nationality. So to me, all the presidents that I have seen and I voted for, to me, they are they, they were my president, no matter what, you know. The same thing with the folks, <laughs> the folks that I served, you know. They might have had some kind of, uh, you know, uh, uh, I would say human traits, whatever, you know, but to me, they were my folks. So that is the most important thing I see in any president, uh, the authority that perhaps the will of God had given us for that particular time. So I I would rather not touch on any of these. Uh, we are here to talk about my book. So and how important it is to me, the priesthood and the service of God and the service of the people of God. That is the most important. We are all for life. We are defending life in so many different ways. Again, uh, the United Nations is continuous. Our interventions are continuous, you know, try uh, to express our feelings about life since the beginning, since its inception, until until the end. So we are against abortion, we are against euthanasia, all these kind of, clearly, uh, one day, a hundred years from now, we will all be in front of the judge, am I right? And Amen. Then, uh, according to uh, Matthew 25, we will be judged. Uh, I, and that is something that really makes me think. Uh, and it bothers me, I'll tell you in all honesty, because it's so imperative what is going to happen, because he will say, I, that I bothers me, I was hungry, and you gave me to eat. I was thirsty. You gave me to drink. I was a stranger, you welcomed me. I was naked, you clothed me. I was sick, you took care of me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. That I identifying Jesus, identifying himself with those six categories and whatever can be reduced to those categories. Well, dear friends, you know, that that is really, really a great responsibility that we have. Uh, you may be... Uh, uh, the, the, the wonderful people that I meet as I walk in Manhattan, you know, after my hours of, uh, of work, you know, I, I do uh, have my, what now I call my, my clients in the streets uh, of New York that I see and I, and I talk to and I try to give whatever I can. You know, those, uh, uh, to me, I might be calling them. They are my brothers and sisters and them. I'm trying my best as well as the most important people in the world that, that I have met. You know, to me, they did not really mean anything as, as long as I understood that their souls were so important to God himself. And that is what was my my true priesthood. You know, by the way, when we were uh, with Fulton Jackson and I had the important people coming, you know, for dinner, you know, like the king and queen of Belgium, because they were his, the spiritual children of Fulton Jackson, actors, very famous actors and actresses. and But also, we had Victor Anderson, who was a leper, a steward leper. Yes. The family was from New York, and the family did not want him simply because he did not look really that kind of, uh, you know, a, a nice face, let me put it that way. So the bishop would take care of him, you know, found an apartment for him. And every Friday, we would have him for dinner. 
You know, those are the kind of important things that we as human beings should do whenever we can. We are on this earth to try our best to uh, proclaim whatever the truth our Lord has given us and also to be the continuation of his ministry. You know, when uh, Antonio Guterres, you know, uh, became, uh, by the way, he was just reelected for another five years to be our Secretary General of the UN. I said that to um, Antonio Guterres, I said, you know, uh, I you should take as your program what uh, Anthony Padua wrote once. And he looked at me and he said, Monsignor, that's your first mistake. It's Anthony of Lisbon, because uh, Anthony of Padua was born in Lisbon and Antonio Guterres is Portuguese. So I thought I said, but he wrote once. Actions speak louder than words. Let your words teach and your actions speak. My dear friends, I am for action. I've been called the concrete uh, Monsignor. You know, I'm concrete. So I would like to ask each one of us to try our best to bring into the world the message of Christ and uh, testify to it. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to Advisor at the Permanent Mission of the Holy See to the United Nations, Monsignor Hilary C. Franco, in his latest long-awaited memoir, a number one best-selling, Six Popes, A Son of the Church Remembers. You can learn more about Monsignor Franco's work, ministry, and mission by visiting HolySeeMission.org. That's HolySeeMission.org. And get his book, Six Popes, at Amazon.com. You will be blessed, given joy, and enlightened that you did. Monsignor, sir, it has been an absolute honor of the highest order having you share just a little of your amazing life, ministry, and more in bringing honor where honor is due, peace where conflict ensues, and valiant fight for the right of the unborn as Mother Teresa, whom you personally knew so courageously and without apology advocated the same. Hers, a life laid down so that others might live. Your latest historical, personal, and long-awaited memoir, Six Popes, is an example of just that chronicling a life of selfless service, not only to our Lord and those that serve Him, but to the nations and the world at large as Christ's ambassador, a son of Italian immigrants, a son of the church, and most important of all, a son of the Most High God, whom you no doubt will one day hear on that great and glorious day Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of thy Lord, Monsignor Hilary C. Franco. We thank you. We honor you. God bless you, and eternally so. Let me say thank you so very much for being on this program, and I invoke the blessings of the Almighty upon you personally and upon all those our listeners. Thank you. Thank you so much. Testimony is a global broadcast made possible by the generous contributions of our valued partners at Jensen Bard Ministries and you, our listening audience. 
Together, we are reaching souls for Christ, one testimony at a time. If you would like information on how you can support this broadcast with your tax-deductible gift, please visit us at jensinebard.com. That's one word, J-E-N-S-I-N-E-B-A-R-D.com. And join the conversation at our Facebook page, Testimony with Jensine Bard. Thank you for listening, and please join us again for Testimony. Testimony.